Hey there, guys and gals, geeks and gamers. You're listening to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. Cool. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Nerd of Godcast, where Christ culture and nerd culture lead one another through the valley of the shadow of fandom and take us right here to this square table where we sit around discussing all the things that make us geek out and give glory to God. My name is Tony T and for the next few minutes I'm going to be taking you on that journey with faith and fandom but I'm not going to be doing it by myself because with me as always is Steve-O Supremo. Hello there listeners. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. <laughs> from, from I can hear them saying hello through, <laughs> through the aether that is <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Uh, moving across the table to the big man, Quentin Gregory Neff, often imitated and never duplicated. One of one in a million. <laughs> he is um, a he is a narwhal among men. I'm one in a million Neffs. <laughs> Hello, Quentin. <laughs> Hello. Hey, you're wearing a sticker. Yes. It says I voted. Yes, it's the second greatest thing that happened today. The second greatest thing that happened today? Yes. You're telling me there's something greater than you lending oh, your voice to oh you is. oh you brought visual aids. Oh my goodness. Oh. Idris Elba. Oh why was named the sexiest man that? alive by People Magazine. <laughs> Why do you have that? I saw that a million <laughs> times today, available. and I thought of you every time. He oh, literally printed it out on a piece of paper, you guys. In color. Why? In it's, color. It's He's, pocket size. He's, <laughs> it goes in my wallet. It's, it's, his, <laughs> it's his pocket Idris. <laughs> he patent pending. He texted me this morning at like eight thirty. Idris Elba? No, yes, he did. He's like, I did it. Uh, can I get that did. number? <laughs> can I get your number? <laughs> And Neff's like, if he goes, finally, or it finally happened, or it's about mm-hmm. time. But the picture didn't load because my internet, like my wireless router went out. So I had to wait like two minutes for the thing to load. And I was so disappointed <laughs> with the fact <laughs> that it was Idris, a picture of Idris Elba named Sexiest Man Alive by people. Does anybody secretly want Idris Elba to marry Jessica Alba so she can be Jessica Alba Elba? That'd be great. Oh or Jessica Elba Alba. He Alba. just proposed to his, his No, that's not how last names work, Stephen. <laughs> like it works however you wanted to. So. She can change her name to Jessica Sheboygan if she wanted and to. And somebody who is far better at not wasting my time. She's sweet and she's salty. And she, by, by golly, she's pocket-sized. It's Jackie freaking Wilson. Hello. Hi, Jackie. Hi. Are, are, you, uh, are you amused or enticed by the pocket-sized Idris Elba? That Neff is carrying around with him? <laughs> it tickles me. It tickles you. <laughs> it tickles well, you know, sometimes if you got to get a little Idris tickling, that's probably <laughs> the best way. Band name called it. Idris <laughs> tickling. Only in my dreams. <laughs> oh. No, Don't no. like the direction no. that this is headed. No. <laughs> uh, uh, moving right around. She's uh, sometimes sassy, always classy. She makes being nerdy look good. It's Lady Lee Smitty. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> she says and with a mouthful of cookies. She's got a mouthful of cookies. I'm sorry. I think <laughs> I'm not. I feel like I got everybody's intros kind of backwards a little bit today, or you barely, something. You barely introduced me. You're like, hey, with me as always. Well, you barely gave anything to work with. Oh, yeah, I yeah, said yeah. hello. They were fine to the listeners. He did say hello to the listeners. They were he good to, intros. With all due respect, Stephen did engage with the people, yes. and isn't that he what did. we're here to do? Yes. Yeah. Stephen is he, an engager. By the way, I thought the Idris Elba thing was very engaging for all us. Thank and you. For Neff. <laughs> if this was a high school, Neff would have that pinned all over his locker. Uh, yeah, I oh wouldn't be surprised gosh. if he's got that wallpapering his bedroom. He's got. No. Idris Elba flathead. I have two. <laughs> <laughs> and over in the booth, pushing the buttons that make us sound good, bringing this show to life. Let's give it up for Nicholas W. Sandler. Hello. Hey, Hi, Nick. Nick. Hey. What's going on, man? 
a lot of school. <laughs> yeah, so, so let's talk about like something. The, the pause. So last, last, time, last time that we were all together, we had Jessica. Uh, are you guys still good? Everything's good over there with that? Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. Always good? and forever. Listen, you just, no, I, I know you say that, but like sometimes it's like you say oh. something and all of a sudden his lip starts trembling and you're like, oh no. And oh. then something happened and then now I'm having this whole long conversation because I can't really see him from where I'm at, but I don't realize that I'm ripping his heart in twain. Okay, so everything's good. And then Jessica actually came to Orlando. Yes. Yes, she did. And then you guys went off and you went on your little adventures and stuff like that. And then she left and she never even saw us. Yes. That sucks. You see, yeah. you see <laughs> Yes. So when you talk I to her, mean, will you please tell her that that sucked? Yeah, she knows. Okay. Well, <laughs> as long as she knows. Uh, <laughs> bring us some free fish. We, we both hate Spirit right now. So. Oh, we both. The, the airline. Why would yes, she buy Spirit? Not, not, not the third part of the cheap. Trinity. Because it's cheap. Oh, but it's so no, bad in so no. many other ways. Yes. But when the you're two times a, I've flown, it hasn't been bad. That's hey, hey, I, hey, hey, hey. Let's not downplay any potential corporate sponsor. Spirit <laughs> Airline wants to come in here and write, I write love checks. Spirit. I'm telling you what. We That's why I fly Frontier. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Spirit Presents Nerd Godcast. That's right. Everybody, we're proud to be a proud sponsor of <laughs> Tomahawk Airline. I got nothing. <laughs> that would have been really empty without the word proud. <laughs> <laughs> what airline would you fly on if you were flying into Neff's dreams? Let us know. You can connect with us across. Idris Air. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, airline yeah. name called it. <laughs> <laughs> you can let us know by connecting with us uh, across all the social medias at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Nerd of Godcast. You can also check out our blog at www.nerdofgodcast.com or you can email us at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to chat with you, connect with you, and exchange whimsical animated gifts with you. Yeah, all right, guys. I'm sorry. That was creepy. <laughs> I guess... <laughs> guess we're all sharing the responsibilities tonight. Uh, you can also give us a call on our Nerd of Godcast hotline and leave us a little shout-out if you like to, and that number is... Oh, now you area guys code. don't know. <laughs> now you guys don't know. Area code, I don't remember the area seven code. Six, area, area code 760-N-O-G-C-A-S-T. And what are those numbers, Stephen? Give me one second to look at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, 760-NOGCAST. Uh, Give us a shout, and uh, you might make it on the air. So let's talk about some things that have happened this week. We just got back yesterday. Uh, almost all of us. Jackie, Sorry that you weren't with us, but we got a chance to go to this thing called the Youth Pastors Summit brought to you by Student Leadership University. Uh, and uh, we had a great time. They bring us down to this amazing venue. It's at the Hard Rock Live at Universal City Walk. And they have music. They had this uh, incredible mu magician there doing illusions. He illusioned us. He was awesome. And there was some uh, really fantastic speakers. They had oh, a lot of, yes. lots of great, challenging inspiration, cool moments of uh, illumination and encouragement. Uh, Lunch was catered by Chick-fil-A. And the cool thing is, this entire event is completely free to youth pastors and uh, student ministry leaders. It is put on at no charge. They they host it at Universal. They provide all of the food. They provide all of the speakers some great resources. They do breakfast. They do Krispy Kreme donuts in the morning, uh, Tropicana orange juice, soda in the afternoon, Chick-fil-A lunch, bottles of water. It's just really a fantastic time. And uh, as a youth pastor and amongst other youth pastors, it was just great to feel honored to have have this opportunity to come together with with our team and uh, and really enjoy it. On the way out, 
Representatives from Universal Studios give us free two park Universal passes, which is it's really incredible that we were able to do that. Yeah. So we're very thankful. We want to say thanks to all the great people at Universal Studios at the Hard Rock Live, and a huge thanks to uh, Student Leadership University, Dr. Dr. Jay Strack, for for opening up the doors and allowing us to be a part of that. So uh, report, tell us a little bit about what you guys uh, experienced at Youth Pester Summit. Um, I found my new favorite speaker of all time. And who is that? Uh, uh, Megan. Ah. Points uh, of annoyance came out of your mouth. I think Do it again. Least money just turned into the cutest Wookiee. <laughs> it sounded like a tiny boat trying to start up. <laughs> I, was, I just love Megan Fimorio. I like I didn't realize how I'd, I'd never, never, I never I never I never heard of her before and then like la- like yesterday she just was so kinetic and kinetic ref- and kinetic. refreshing like listening to her speak and the way she moved moved around the room but like I literally spent last night like like two hours listening to more of her sermons on YouTube. And like she, all of her stuff is like that. She was one of my favorite speakers, not this past time or like like last year, I think it was. And one thing she said that I really liked, if I can like put a highlight out there of something I took away from yesterday. um, she She said that God made us perfectly dependent on him. And I really like that because I think that for all of us, we're always constantly, you know, trying to to do the thing and do it right and and do it on our own. And there's so much pressure. Like a lot of us are studying in here, Nicholas, you know, you have to get the grade and and you feel so much weight of responsibility on yourself to be like on the top. And Mm -hmm. it's nice to think that God put us in a position where it's okay that we aren't okay and it's okay to be weak and it's okay to need him and to mm-hmm. not be able to do the, all the things and so I just really like that little tidbit of you know God made us perfectly dependent I yeah. mm-hmm. uh, what else well there is this guy his name was I'm going to try to pronounce the name correctly Brad Lominick sure assuming. Lominick he's probably not a listener probably not he kind of talked about leadership and he said something that like changed my mind, like changed my life when he said it. Change your mind and your life. Yes. He said, if <laughs> regale us, he said, if you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. There you go. Yeah. He said the same hand that holds the microphone can just as easily hold a broom. And I yes. thought that was really powerful. Yeah, definitely. I took a lot of notes during that session. It's, it's funny because we're going to be talking about leadership tonight. Uh, so I, I wrote a lot of stuff down that he had said and uh, it was really, really timely. Very, very good. Uh, he was probably my favorite part of yeah, the day as well. Too. And I've never met at Brett He always speaks well. Always speaks well. Uh, he, t- he shared a great story about his father who a few years ago had a stroke and completely paralyzed down, down half of his body and uh, ended up going up and he was flying to see uh, his sister, his daughter's, um, you know, Brent's sister, his daughter, uh, graduate. And uh, they would kind of put him on the plane and the, the, flight at, the flight attendant, the airport attendant was kind of wheeling him from the check-in area uh, through the terminal across the, the tram. We have sort of a monorail tram at the Orlando airport and uh, going to take him on there. Well, the plane ended up getting delayed and they ended up having like an hour and a half to spend together and this you know older man who uh, you know was a powerful minister and did great things for Jesus but you know was now paralyzed in half of his body and uh, very inhibited by his stroke um, was actually able to sit there and minister Jesus to this guy and actually led this guy to the Lord right there in the airport uh, it was a really awesome story about like hey listen I know that uh, it feels like when you're done it feels like you can't do something it feels like your, your opportunity has passed and God still has something for you uh, it was really really great. good stuff 
Uh, powerful day all around. Uh, really, really great time with all of our leaders. And we met there with a bunch of other uh, youth pastor friends and people that we'd known from that, that conference before. And it was uh, really, really great. So again, thank you to Student Leadership University. Uh, if you guys wanted to check that out or see what they're all about, you can visit them online and get information about their amazing uh, ministry opportunities they have. They do leadership camps for students uh, in Orlando and across the country. You can find them at, at, online at sluled.com. That's S-L-U-L-E-A-D.com. And tell them the Nerd of God cast sent you. Um, anything else new happening in your world? No. <laughs> Other than the usual school. Yeah, we did the voting. You guys we have did, to yeah, get we did out. the voting. You have to get out and do some things, all right? Read I a mean, book. Walk I'd in the like park. I'd like to. There ain't no time for that. But I'm taking eight classes. <laughs> Why would I go out to read a book? I can just read a book in my bed and then fall asleep uh, after one page. All right. The, first off, the cover of People Magazine doesn't count as a book. <laughs> Neff spent two hours today just staring at it. <laughs> no. I was staring at the cover of the August issue of Ebony Magazine. Even he more creepy. It is also interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have uh, we had some news come out this week about uh, some Marvel miniseries going to be coming on the Disney streaming service, yeah. uh, and they got a, they've just announced oh, yeah. a mini like self encapsulated TV series uh, featuring Winter Soldier and Falcon. Oh, so yeah, Super kind of an, a neat little buddy show. Oh, I really gosh, wanted to be so like buddy cop with Anthony, yeah. Anthony Mackie and uh, Sebastian Sebastian Stan. Well, they're also going to be doing one about the Scarlet Witch and about Loki. So we don't. Oh, Wait, the Scarlet Witch one is real? We I had read something about that. I thought it was like... I, from what I read, it's a, it's a go-ahead. So. I am so excited. Is it just excited. like piles of dust? To just <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Yeah. Well, no, Loki's is going to be his body. With all these streaming... Wait, there's a Loki one? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's nothing yet, but these are things <laughs> that they're saying are coming. And I keep hearing about all these different things. Uh, hey, this show is going to be coming out, or this is in development, and it's going to be for the Warner Brothers streaming service. It's going to be for the Disney streaming service. It's going to be for... I saw something today. It was an advertisement for something else on Roku, some kind of a streaming service so many streaming services yes but i will tell you the disney one they may have me. the mm-hmm. disney one might be the one so we'll see where all the chips lie when all this stuff comes out any new games any new books any new things you guys been digging on my wife has been playing a lot of red dead redemption 2 that's her favorite <laughs> game and i got that for her because i think i'm a good husband i don't know i don't know if that makes me a good husband or a poor husband but i want to play it but i'm not buying games yeah she uh she's enjoying it hey your Gamefly thing started, didn't it? I did. I got Gamefly. I got two games. They were terrible. I returned it. I'm really? S- I will tell you this. The, what, what my disappointment in Gamefly, it takes a long time to get the games. Like, I've noticed, it'll say, we received your game, and I'm still waiting for my third game to get here. I've had it for, like, three weeks, and I've, I've not kept the games more than two or three days. Mm. And so it's it's moving really slow, Gamefly. Mm. It's more like Game Walk. So that's how they mm. get you. Well, we're that's probably because happens. they have so many people on it right now because of the the deal. Maybe they're behind. Well, uh, how, uh, listen. They're, they're it don't matter how many their best, sir. And, unless they're actually absolutely like so, sending out the things themselves. I mean, I think the USPS takes care of most of the the heavy lifting there, and they're and they're already coming to my house every day. Don't so. bash the USPS. What game do you have coming out? I didn't bash the USPS. I said they're already coming to my house. I'm saying you can't blame them for GameFly being slow. I never said that. I don't have a game now. That's what I'm what talking about. What game is supposed to be coming? The game is, is Mario Kart 8 Mario oh. for the for the mm-hmm. Switch, oh. and I'm waiting That's for it. And I've been waiting for like eight days. You for just it. borrow mine. Well, I, but I'm. But it's not your responsibility. It's GameFly's responsibility because <laughs> I mean, I'm paying them. I'm more responsible than GameFly. Clearly. 
Or you can just buy the game yourself. Anyway, so so far, my review on Gamefly, not impressed. Not impressed, but so we'll just, see. Uh, Hopefully, they'll turn this thing around. But you know what I am impressed by? What? Tell us. Our Patreon sponsors. Oh, oh yes. I yeah. think these are the salt are of the earth kind of foot. Wonderful is a great word, Jackie. The people that go on to patreon.com slash nerdogodcast and see what we're all about. The people that decide they're going to put their money where their fandom goes uh, and support our podcast with uh, with small monetary gifts to big monetary gifts. No, no, no fandom is too big. No fee is too big. Uh, we're, we're excited. We're, we're so appreciative for all of them. We have some new ones this week, and we just want to say thank you guys so much for joining the crew from all of us to all of you. We should sing them a song. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For giving to our show. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> we do want to say thanks so much. It really does make a huge difference. And if you're not sure how Patreon works, uh, visit our page. We'll explain it to you. But you just say, hey, I'm going to contribute this dollar amount. It might just be a dollar. Um, and, and every time we put out an episode, uh, you guys contribute just a little bit. Just think of it as, as not giving your tithes, but giving a lovely offering to um, a ministry that reaches out to nerds and marginalized people from the game stops to the comic shops that's the nerd of god cast and you could be a part of the miracle thank you friends mm-hmm. that would be pretty awesome i don't know if i would call that the best thing ever because i would call this the best thing, thing ever. Ever. ever so Arr! this no this season we've been doing the best thing ever villains edition and uh Boy, this week had me sweating, you guys. Mm-hmm. Just, I kept mm-hmm. watching it, and it was back and forth, like, over and over again. It was so back and forth. It was also one of our highest voted on best things ever, so really? we were very excited no about this one. Uh, and I, I, I will tell you right now, it was Shredder from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Khan Noonien Singh oh, from Star wow. Trek. And it was back and forth. It was, it was 50-50 for a good bit of the time. But finally... At the end of all things, winning by only two votes. Oh, man. Wow. By only two votes. Right here on election day in America. (laughs) Moving forward in our bracket system to our second round. The Shredder goes oh. home. Oh, hey. <laughs> and Khan moves on. Khan oh. moves on. The Shredder goes home. Sorry, Ninja Turtles. Uh, your wow. bad guy just wasn't bad enough. So Khan moves on, and um, mm. and we are moving on tonight to our final first round oh. entries. Really? This, and next we move mm-hmm. into, uh, I guess, How the s- semifinals. I know. It feels like it has just been but a moment, but mm. here we are knee-deep in season four, and uh, this <laughs> is the last of our first rounders. So tonight we are going to be bringing forward from the Batman Gotham City Rogues Gallery, mm-hmm. Bane. No. Mm. And Bane. Wait, will- which Bane? Bane. <laughs> yes, the Batman and, and Robin, Robin Bane. Oh, that he's done. Nobody's voting for him. Is that Jeep Swanson? Was that the guy's name? I don't know. It sounded like some kind of like vehicle slash television dinner. Swanson. I think that was the guy's name. Steven, I don't know. look it up. The, I know the Bane guy, from Batman and Robin. I don't know, talk. Look. I know one. Don't, don't talk. people that played Bane in that movie. All bacon and eggs. You think you heard me That's say. Ron Swanson. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, so... <laughs> Bane, uh, definitely big, muscular, venom-addicted, super genius, uh, the man who broke the bat. Uh, and Bane will be facing off against a bit of a scientist himself, <laughs> Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin. Oh <laughs> the Green Goblin, Spider-Man's arch nemesis. Uh, uh, and, and I don't so know. So 
evil. <laughs> and I don't know if if we want to go Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin. Like if that helps you, would you picture Willem oh. Dafoe? Why are you laughing? His last words. Oh, <laughs> don't tell Harry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um and and but the comic book norman osborne is gross. straight evil like evil like whether you're going movie bane or comic book bane uh there's a lot to be said for that movie yeah. green goblin uh comic book green goblin horrible horrible well, green villains. goblin killed uh spider-man's uh girlfriend gwen stacy yeah he did um, and other things and in other the comic thing, book yeah, mythology. Yeah. He did other things to That's Gwen Stacy. That's what Stacey. I was trying to keep yeah. away from. So, but, uh, yeah. Yes. Yep. yes. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Anyway. So we have nosedive yeah, right good. into that. Uh, so let us know who you think is going to be the best villain ever in this round. You can check it out on our Twitter page. That's twitter.com slash nerdofgodcast. It'll be available at the time of this show's airing. And uh, your vote makes a difference. Vote and then retweet. And that, let, that can let us know uh, what you and your friends think is this week's best Thing ever. Vote Green Goblin. Vote Green Goblin. Go back to formula. What? By the way, back to formula. Back to to formula. You know how much I sacrificed. You know how much I sacrificed. Sorry, I, I would love to have a Willem Dafoe against like like Bane from Dark Knight Rises and Willem Dafoe just kind of like having a uh, duel like uh, you know yeah I'll squish you like a bug like a bug you'll squish me <laughs> and over and over and over again till we're all dead we all wear masks no one cared who I was till I wore the mask <laughs> so so Batman and Robin yes. Bane was played by two people uh huh the skinny guy who nobody cares about yeah that's Michael Reed McKay nobody cares sure and then the big guy. Was Jeep Swenson. 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 Like the jeans. Or like the ice cream that Chuck smelled in Goonies. You want want to know my favorite part about Bane in that movie is there's a scene. When he's got the hat hat on and the the trench coat coat (laughs) driving the car. It's like, like, is that a Ninja Turtle? Oh, no. It's just a guy (laughs) driving a car. I always thought that was weird. That was Raphael's go-to. And Thing. From the Fantastic Four. Like, if you're if you're hideously misshapen and huge, if you just put on a trench coat and a hat, <laughs> you're no one, see in modern day, I think a trench coat makes a atten- draws attention. Oh, yeah. for, yeah. Sure. for sure. Post 9/11 America. And is that 1940? Trench coats were are not just for PIs anymore. They're for weirdos. <laughs> trench coats, trench coats and dusters. Do you want to be the smelliest guy in your comic shop? <laughs> Grab yourself a trench coat. If you really want to be disguised, you buy a muumu. Listen, the dusters are cool. Okay. Dusters, dusters are. Dusters. <laughs> Jackie just looked at me and went, oh, a moo-moo. <laughs> I mean, moo-moo sounds like a bunch of cows. Goofy movie. Best thing ever. Uh, you guys want to play a game? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I do. You guys, honestly, were way more excited about that than I anticipated. I'm, yeah. Yay. I, mean, I love okay. playing games. All right, so you guys have some cards in front of you. I've dealt you each out 12 cards. Do you guys, them? if you, uh, you you can, but I wouldn't. Like, just okay, keep them face down. Keep them face, face down. down. You don't need to see what your cards are. So everybody, you've seen these cards before. What kind of cards are these? What game is this from? Uno. Uno. No, it's not. It's from You Know, and that's why we're going to play a game tonight called You Know. That's what we're playing. Oh, no. So we're going to see what you know. Uh, so you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys a, uh, a, a, a a category, and you're going to tell me all the things that you know from that category. Now, here's the way it's going to work. You're going to turn over a card and uh, place it face up on the table in front of you. Not yet. And then I'm going to draw from my deck. Now, this is what we're going to do. I am going to, and you're all going to have to keep scores on your papers. You have paper and pen there. It's an individual scoring game. 
Uh, now this is what we're going to do. If I were to say uh, that you are looking for mythological animals, if that was the category, okay? We're going to go around, at least Murray will say one, Stephen will say one, Jackie will say one, Neff will say one, and we're going to go around the circle. We're going to say a number or a, a creature? We're going to say a creature. Okay. You're going to answer something according to that category, and when it comes to where somebody ha can't say it anymore, the chain is broken, the round is over. Okay, so you got to keep the thing going. You can keep it going as long as you can, and that's good. That's better for everybody because you'll score higher. Now, here's where the cards come in. If you pull over a card and the card is the number three, you have to say three things before you can start scoring. So if you get a seven, you have to say seven things before you can start scoring. So you, if you get a high number of cards, you could not get any points. Correct. Now, and when I say you, I mean the the circle itself. Oh, so we got to okay. work together. The circle itself. Yes, but you also want to be the one that wins the points at the end. So, uh, all right. So here's the way it works. So we'll do a real quick sample round. I have one okay. Quick question. Yes. How do we keep score after that? Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll show you. Okay. I'll show you. So we'll do a real quick sample round. All right. So everybody flip one card over. Now, the reason I'm. <laughs> I got a zero. All right. So that's good. And if you also, if you get a reverse or a skip, you also don't, it, you don't have any points. There's a no, no point value. What about a draw four? I took all the draw fours out. Look at you being yeah. smart. All right. So uh, this is the way it's going to work. So now, Jackie, you've got to get a nine. You got to get nine. It has to go nine around the circle before you start scoring like points. Like nine individual nine answers. Nine individual okay. answers before okay. you start scoring points. I thought points. it was like nine rat. Like no, no. That would be, like that's impossible. <laughs> Uh, five for you, at least money four. Steven, you got a zero. So you get started scoring right away. Now, I'm going to flip over a card. Now, if my card is the same number as your card, you get a pass. Oh. So you can keep that card and bank it as a pass. So that way, if it comes to you and you can't think of anything, or if it comes to someone else and they can't think of anything, you can throw it in and keep the round going. Oh, okay. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. A little confusing, but we're going to try a sample round first, okay? So I'm flipping it over, and I have a green two. So nobody has a two. Uh, and that's okay. No Steven problem. has a green and a zero. But we're going to just go with numbers. Okay. We're just going to go with numbers. All right. So here we go. So we're going to start scoring right now. And the first thing we're going to do is let's just talk about candy. Since Halloween just ended, uh, we'll do candy. That'll be our first round because mythological creatures are going to be green. Uh, we'll do candy, and then, uh, Steven, since you have a green, you can start us out. So we can take our time and go slow just to kind of get the, the ball rolling. Go with the candy. Candy. Corn. Snickers. A Reese's peanut butter cup. M&M's. Skittles. Kit Kat. Uh, uh, jelly beans. Twix. Starburst. Twizzlers. Uh, okay, so... Uh, how many did we get into that? I think. Oh, I, I, oh, I wasn't counting. Uh, no. Right. So one, I'll, two, I'll do three, the four, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think hey. I, I thought I got eleven, but okay. Ten will, ten will, ten will be it. All right. So that's ten. So now you have you can start scoring after ten. So Stephen, you'll have ten points. Jackie, you only get one point because of a bad draw. Nephew get five. Least money you get six. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. So you want to draw low cards. All your cards are randomly shuffled out there. Um, all right. So we good? Yeah. Yes, All right. Sure. So here we go with the official first round of You Know. All right. Everybody flip over a card. All right. All right. All right. So we got an eight for Elise Maria, two for Steven, a seven for Jackie, and a draw two, which is nothing for Nav. Uh, so here we go. My card is a one. Anybody have a one? No? I'm, all right, we are good. Jackie, you'll be next since you drew a blue. And the category is musical instruments. French horn. Violin. Piano. Drums. Trumpet. For, uh, uh, cello. Guitar. Bass guitar. Marimba. A tambourine. Maraca. Harpsichord. Piccolo. Uh, oh. <laughs> Okay, so very good. We got uh, three, four, we got 12, 12 points. 
there. So subtract whatever you got. So four for Lise Mati, 12 for Neff, five for Jackie, 10 for Steven. I just like the names and the instruments. I just want to keep going. All right, I well, so many. I know. I knew you were going to be good. Really nervous. All right, so good. Guitar. Don't get stressed. All right, everyone, flip another card over. Oh right. come on! Ocho. Another hey. seven. Another plus two. All right, and a three. All right, here we go. And we have a three. All right, so least money, you have a pass. So keep that one. Just put that one over to the side. If somebody loses one, or if you can't skip it, you can throw that in. Just throw it in the middle, and then we'll just keep the thing going. It can skip them. All right, so here we go. And who starts this time? Um, green. Anybody get a green? No. Mm-hmm. All right. So Neff's next. And Neff, it's breakfast cereals and go. Life. Captain Crunch. A waffle Crisp. Cocoa Puffs. A peanut Butter Crunch. A shot Cocoa Pebbles. Co- uh, cookie Crisp. Frost Flakes. Uh, oh, somebody started Reese's Puffs already? No. Reese's Puffs. Honey Bunches of Oats. Cheerios. Kellogg's. Uh, can't take it. Sorry. Okay. Kellogg's is a brand. Wait, no. Do the pass. Do the pass. Now, it was smart for her not to do the pass because she had a low-scoring card there. She didn't need uh, the extra points this time. So, uh, very good. All right. So, we uh, we went around uh, 8, 9, 10, 11 times there. So, all right. Everyone draw another card. Dag me, it. Yay. You got a 7, a draw, <laughs> a 9, and a 1. Very good. And the answer is 0. Um, no zeros were drawn, so nobody gets a pass on this one. Um, but we have a red, so Neff, you're going to start us out on the red. And the category is pizza toppings. Pepperoni. Mushrooms. Cheese. Pineapple. Anchovy. Green peppers. Ham. Onions. Meatball. Eggplant. Sausage. Extra cheese. Oh, I was going to say extra cheese, darn you. Garlic. Ricotta. Mozzarella. Olives. Were olives already said? No, they weren't. Okay. Olives. Garlic butter. Anchovies. Red pepper flakes. Parmesan. Grilled chicken. Uh, uh, bacon. <laughs> Barbecue sauce. Barbecue chicken. Sriracha. Shrimp. Uh, salami. Sorry. Ah, I got really stressful. <laughs> no, you <laughs> didn't. <laughs> The last second is the last second before I do the eh, eh. <laughs> How many was that? Uh, that was, that was uh, 16, 17, 8, uh, 17. 17. So also, you have to give an answer. You don't have to give a story or a question. I'm going to count you off next time you do that. So if you say, oh, I was going to say this, or did anybody say this, you have to give an answer. No stories. How cool? Many, how many was it again? 17. Okay. Kind of All right, flip over your next card. We got a five for Steven oh. and Jackie. Raw deal. You, it's five. your fault. I blame myself. All right, here we go. Flipping it over, and we have a... Jackie, what do you have? Is it a six or a it's nine? It's a nine. Oh, sorry. I pulled a six. Um, all right, so six it is. No nine. No free passes for you guys. Least Mighty, you got a red, so you are going to go first with books of the Bible and go. Genesis. Exodus. Leviticus. Malachi. <laughs> Numbers. Deuteronomy. Joshua. Quentin! Uh, uh. He, was, ah! he was laughing. He could have Nope. That's nope. Dang it, man. Uh, we could have gotten no. so far on this one. We had a chance to get 66 <laughs> points. <laughs> Amos. Nope. No, Sorry. we're done. No. Amos, you had to laugh. Amos! <laughs> That, that was, was my Dave. That was seven. That's oh our work. Oh my gosh. I don't get any points because of you, Quentin. Dang it, Neff. It's not my fault that you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say that was funny? A book of the Bible. She it's, didn't even say her We back. were going in order. And then oh, you I messed wasn't. it up. 
Was... Didn't, we didn't even get to Habakkuk, which is the funniest sounding name in the Bible. <laughs> Hezekiah. It's the case. Not a book. Could be. All right. It's... The Apocrypha. Flip a card over. So bad, Sweet right? Jesus. Flip a card over, Maccabees. I gotta skip. Woo, I gotta skip. I got an eight, so I'm screwed on this. I got a right. rock. And there's your nine, Jackie. <laughs> One too late for you. All right. So you guys are doing better than I am. Here we go. Um, we got a red. Anybody pull a red? Jackie. All right. So, Jackie, you are up. And we are looking for the names of holidays and go. Um, New Year's Day. Halloween. Christmas. Thanksgiving. Valentine's. St. Patrick's Day. Veterans Day. Flag Day. Arbor Day. <laughs> Labor Day. Um, um, Independence Day. <laughs> President's Day. Veterans Day. Memorial Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day. I already said Valentine's Day. Oh, no. I think we already said Veterans Day, too. Did but we? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I saw, I, <laughs> I saw Neff Shadow not. Sorry, so, it, yes. No, that is not going to count. So, oh. we're, we're going to go ahead. We'll just, I'll just call it 12. That's when I stopped Day. counting. I'm just glad I got At least, buddy, you could have just said something in Spanish and told us it was a Puerto Rican holiday. We would have <laughs> I was never thinking, I was literally going to say the <laughs> Dia Puerto de la, Independence Day. I didn't even get the Chinese New Year. Dia de Muerte. Dia de la Muerte. What did you say? No, that's the thing. It's okay. All right. Um, okay. Good. How are we doing on scores? You guys, everybody feeling good? Yeah. Fantastic. Solid. All right. Flip over one more card. Dang oh, it, we got a man. seven for Steve. I got a one. So loud. I'll take another nine. You got a nine, a nine, and a one for and Jackie. A one. And we got a six. Of course. So I don't care because I got a one. So nine. Uh, no, a nine. All right. So who's got a blue? Least money got a blue, and we're gonna let least money go first. We're gonna look for the names of countries. Yeah, you have your hand up. Okay, <laughs> she's just worshiping over there. Countries. Countries in Africa. Oh. And go. Crap in a hat. Uganda. Chad. Algiers. No, I can yeah, see no, it. Yeah, that's correct. Tunisia. Algiers. Algiers is right, right? Tunisia. I don't even know what you're saying. What? Algiers. You just passed. Uh, all right. Oh, I forgot I had a pass. Pass then. Pass. No, Steven. no, no. I'm not going to use my pass. Okay. This what? is the last round. No, it's not. You just said one last card. I don't. You I said draw one. I said draw one more card. You did oh. say one last. Card. I said one more card. You said one. At this point, I'm going to insert the clip of audio where it <laughs> rewind one, last one more card. card. I told hang, you. Hang on, Unless hang on. it says one last card, have a card with me. Hello. Hi. What are you doing? I'm recording a podcast, Mom. What are What are you doing? <laughs> of course. Every time I call you, you're busy doing something. That, that's That's true. I am. Say, say hi to everybody, Mom. Hi, everybody. Hi, hi Mama. Hi, Maggie. I love hi, you. Steven. That's that's my mom, everybody. Um, okay, well, we're doing a podcast right now, Mom. I love you. All right. Am I on it? Y you actually are. Yes, ma'am. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Thank you, Everybody be a patron. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mom. Your mom. Your, your, mom was was your mom was with a fantastic saleswoman. <laughs> she just upsold on our podcast to people who are already sold on our podcast. Solid. Thanks, mom. All right. I think I hung up on her without saying bye. Sorry. I think you did. Sorry, mom. <laughs> now, it's the audio of okay, you saying goodbye yes, to your mom. I did say, bye, mom. I did say one card. Just turn over one more card. I did not say one last card. All right. Do, are we? Did I do a card yet? No, we, we didn't even. Oh, pull over! You didn't tell us the score for that one. 
What are you? I don't know what we're doing. We erase, did erase, erase. Countries in Africa. Okay. And then we started. Well, you didn't tell us like somewhere. what the final all right, score was. Erase that one. The whole, my mom messed us all up. So okay. Africa, we, we'll, we're, I'm blessing the rains down in Africa, and we're okay. washing that one away. Thank you, I would have killed at that game. What'd you have? Name all the countries in Africa. Go. Uh, Tunisia, Ethiopia, Algiers, Nigeria, Niger, Morocco, Sierra Leone. Uh, Why do you know so the, many? Co- the Republic of the Congo, uh, South Africa. Uh, uh, yep. Dahomey, uh, Namibia, Chad, Senegal, Chad, Liberu, uh, Cameroon, Congo, Zaire, Ethiopia, Guinea Bissau, Madagascar, Rwanda, Mar. Come on. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Flip over another card. Yeah, I got a low one. We got a four. We got a. Yeah. We got a couple skips. And it's a reverse. 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 All right. Um. Here we go. We're gonna go for theme park rides. Oh no. And it's on Steven. Go. Superman. Spider-Man. Jurassic Park. Um, Transformers. E.T. A Hulk. Jurassic Park River Adventure. Oh, that was my next one. Popeyes. <laughs> Blue Dose. Build Rap Barges. Men of Black Alien Attack. Um, the... Fly Jackie, the don't this. Okay. Oh, the Dueling Dragons. Um, Manta. Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Gringotts. <laughs> Cyclone. Space Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, Mount Everest. Superman. First Flight. Splash Mountain. Oh, least body. Uh, Matterhorn. The Kraken. Goliath. Minion Mayhem. Pirates of the Caribbean. Terminator. Saw the Ride. The Mummy. Haunted Mansion. E.T. Uh, 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 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Jimmy Fallon. Hyperspace Mountain. The Ellen DeGeneres Ride. <laughs> what? Transformers. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and stop you there. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's break this one down. <laughs> Hyperspace Mountain is not its own ride. Stop. Steven, you have got to know 77 episodes into this thing that you're not going to win this with me. It is a different I will shut you down. It is a different ride? I will shut you down. It's not a different ride. Uh, But that matters not. Because the Ellen DeGeneres ride is not the name of a ride. I know it's not, (laughs) but I couldn't remember the name of it. And second... Neff, I think, pretty much said the same ride like three times in a row. <laughs> I, said su- I said Superman, attention. and then like he, he said, said Superman, Superman first flight, and Jurassic Park is the is same. There's a ride in uh, No, there's a Jurassic Universal, Park River Adventure. And then yeah. the River Adventure is in Orlando. I just want to make sure you're not going to say Jurassic Park three or four more times. No. <laughs> there's only two. There's only one in uh, LA and one in here. All right. I'm going to give you guys, I'll, I'll give you guys 20 points for that one. Yes. How many did we get? You get 20 in Hyperspace Mountain. I'm shutting you down. All right. Flip over the next card. Steven? Zero. Uh, skip, which is a zero. I'm a seven. I get a four. Seven. All right. You got a seven. <gasps> That's me. All right. Least so money, you get, get another, another pass. pass. <gasps> Swa- I haven't even used my first one because I keep forgetting I have now it. Now we, we have three rounds left. Were you Unless he gives s- us more cards. So now you have an opportunity. I don't think he's going to give us more cards. You have three swag. rounds left. I have so many points right now. So moving right along. Here we go. Um, all right, so we're going to go with marine life. Marine life. Neff, go. Dolphin. A whale. Beluga whale. Clownfish. Dolphin fish. Platypus. <laughs> Orca whale. <laughs> marine life. Green white shark. No, Humpback I'm whale. Gonna, I'm going to stop you. I'm, I'm platypus. No. Wait, wait, it's hit marine it. life. Hit the pass. Is it not? Hit the pass. Is it I skipped the platypus. All right, skipping platypus. Keep going. Orca whale. I already said great white shark. Hammerhead. Otter. Narwhal. A tuna. tuna. White tip shark. (laughs) You gotta stop laughing when we play this game. A humpback whale. Wait, beluga. I already said beluga. beluga. All right, we're gonna stop you there. Dang it. 
I'll give you 16 so points for it. 16? Alright. Well, I'll take it. I'm, I'm just making stuff up now. I have no idea how many answers you're going, but it felt 16-ish. Sure. <laughs> we each named two animals. That's about right. That sounds about right. <laughs> I named two animals with the same name. Right. <laughs> a dolphin and a dolphin. It was dolphin. just like whale. <laughs> every, and then every other kind of whale. I was doing that with sharks. <laughs> I assumed you meant whale shark. So. I'm so upset, Neff. <laughs> that you laughed during the Bible one. That was like that was a chew it. That one would have been so good. Okay, here yeah. we go. Alright, flip your cards. Oh. Ooh. Six. It's because you said tuna, and then I went, it's not a tuna. Alright, we have laugh. oh, we have three sixes on this one, so if I pull oh. over a six right now, it'll be blessed. It'll be all kinds of passes your way. And we have a four. Oh, oh. drat. Oh. Sorry, we oh. yellow four. Alright, Neff, we are looking for the twelve tribes of Israel. Go. Benjamin. Pass. What? <laughs> Least money passes. <laughs> Judah. Think of the Kent kid. Levi! <laughs> Reuben. <laughs> you, uh, use I your... So, no, here. All right. That's that's it right there. We Steven's got... Over stuttering. <laughs> we'll give you four <laughs> for that one. Yeah. I didn't one. get any points. I got negative two. You the 12 tribe of Israel? Jacob's kids from the Bible? I don't know Book of Genesis? Okay. <laughs> Can anybody else sure. name them? Can you name sure. them? Can I you name, name them all, all out? I will give you straight twelve points if you can name them all right now. Straight twelve points. No, if I no, wait, if you cannot name all twelve of them, I will take away points for everyone that you don't name. Can I just say you feel lucky? Punk. Don't forget Neftali. He's my favorite. <laughs> Neftali. He's no Zebulun. All right. Oh. All right. There we go. Too Neftali, Zebulun, <laughs> Ruben. <laughs> all right. Move it along. Uh, everyone, draw a card. Should have two Six. left. Skip. Faith. And we got a six, and I'm drawing a zero. Drat. Oh, I got a fave. No zero there. Um, all right, so we're going to look for this one. We are looking for Nintendo characters. Oh, okay. Nintendo characters and yellow. What is Jackie not going to choose? Least Mari, go. Mario. Luigi. Link. Bowser. Mario. Waluigi. Zelda. Ganon. Peach. Daisy. Navi. Zelda. You already said Zelda. <laughs> link. Sorry, we already got a link. Okay, so that's that was the Neff. that was the end of that one. I wanted uh, to bring Nick, up Mr. Game and Watch. Only <laughs> I was just going to go through all the Zelda Nintendo characters. That actually matter. <laughs> all right, so was that seven? I feel like that wasn't very many. I got a point on that. Thank you, Quentin. That was seven. I think so. At least he didn't just start laughing. All right. Um, one last one. one. All right, so make it count. Reverse. 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 High five. Oh. You have three? Yeah. Oh, you have the highest number out of all of us. All right. Here we go. And flipping a card, and that is a two is what we have there. Um, for this one, we are going to do Christmas songs. Lise Marie, go. Dang it. Um, Holy Night. Jingle Bells. God rest you, Mary Gentlemen. Really? <laughs> I'll speak for Neff. Hark the Herald Angel Sing. Christmas songs, Are Nef. you flipping kidding me right now? Neff. <laughs> Neff? Christmas. Silent what's Night. The, what's the song from Polar Express? No. Oh, that doesn't count. Quentin. Polar Express song. No. Polar Express, the number two. What is wrong with <laughs> you? When Christmas comes to town, it's like my Billy from Polar Express. If you say Jurassic Park, I'm going to throw something at you. <laughs> Santa, Santa, Santa Claus is coming to homes, and he delivers all the presents to the homes, to the kids, to the girls. 
<laughs> Meth is officially happening? fired from the wait, show. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, good gifts. It's a beautiful time of year. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'll allow it. Keep it going. All right. Please, buddy. We're going to? Yes. <laughs> yeah, at least three more answers left in you. <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Santa Claus is coming to town. Sleigh ride. Fr- Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> Rocking around the Christmas tree. Christmas and Hollis. Jack Frost. The year without a Santa Claus. Oh, is that a song? That's, yes, it is. It, it was. was All right, no, I believe you. Yeah, without a Santa Claus. Lise Monaco! I don't know. Oh, can I just go? say something in Spanish, we'll never know. Um, Spanish Feliz Navidad! Feliz Navidad! Mary, did you know? <laughs> Grandma got run over by reindeer. Oh. Santa baby. <laughs> ah! Um, uh, I hate that song. Um, all yep. I want for Christmas is you. Uh, that worked. That worked. Uh, uh, Christmas shoes. Steven is literally taking his shirt off over there. <laughs> what is happening? Christmas shoes. Little drummer boy. <laughs> This money says all I want for Christmas is you. Steven starts unwrapping himself. <laughs> the unwanted gift. <laughs> Steven. I was inspired. Um, um, I don't know if that's a real song. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Um, 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 I'm simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Uh, I was oh. like, which one does Tony hate? That's hate exactly what. Oh, holy night. We already did that, one. did that one. All right, okay. we'll stop you guys right there. Go ahead and add nine points. I don't know what you got. We got way more than nine. Than that, but what? You gave sixteen for the other one, but that one got nine. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you seventeen points for that one. Oh, Thank okay. you. Yeah, this is why like I don't have anything to add. to All right, seventeen points. Let's go ahead and add up your scores. And and this is we need to put a little bookmark in this because I need to have a little side conversation with you guys uh, real quick. But before we do, uh, we're gonna get into the meat of our show. But after this is done, we need to have a conversation. So put a pin in that. For just a second, what are our final scores for you know, Steven? 83. 92. 99. Math is hard. 95. Quentin Neff is the. Did you just throw a pencil at me? <laughs> I didn't mean to throw it at you, but I was mad. It's Sorry. I'm so you felt really good, good about your score, and then. I it, really did. Wait, and you then Liz take, Murray beat me by three. You should points. take. Wait, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's back this up one more time. So what was your score, Jackie? 92. Least money? 95. Neff? 99. Steven? I didn't hear Quentin's. You guys all beat Steven, so you can feel good about that. I don't care. Oh. <laughs> I I'm, wanted I'm to I'm pretty win. sure that anybody who goes back and actually listens to this thing will realize that our scoring was an entirely a, a farce. I may or may not I'm have cheated. pretended to not know Christmas songs so I could win the game. Oh, so take six points away from him. Well, yeah, you should I, definitely you don't let do him that. control you like that. How many that? days are there of Christmas? 25. No, that's it. There's 12 days of Christmas, <laughs> Steven. <laughs> okay. There's no, 12 no, no. There's 400 days <laughs> of Christmas. There's <laughs> family lineup for 25 no, no, no. days of Christmas. No, 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 you're, tomorrow. you're thinking of 500 days of summer. That's not if it's Christmas in July. The ABC or ABC. Well, it's freeform now. They do the 25 days of Christmas. There are 12 days of Christmas. There are. In the song. The 12 days of Christmas. That's another one. That's what he was trying to lead you to. 12 days of Christmas. What? On the first day of Christmas. Oh. Okay, stop. Enough. It's too, it's too early for Christmas stuff. No, it's not. No, it's All right. Pains of Christmas. There's such a pain to me. So today, is, before we get to Christmas Day, today <laughs> today is Election Day. It is. Yeah. Today is the day where people, and for that didn't early vote, get to go out and they get to vote for our leaders, the leaders of our country, the judges and the congressmen and the senators and the governors. And uh, and I hope everybody here did go and vote. Stephen yeah. and I went and voted uh, early last yes, week. We Jackie, you voted today. I got a sticker. Uh, Neff, where you are it? wearing your sticker right car? now. I stole it off almost man. 
At least Muddy did not vote. I did not vote. Are you a citizen? Yes, I am. She's Puerto Rican. She's from Puerto Rico. I know. That's why I'm asking. I did not, but I am a citizen. Anyway. So so when we go and we pick our leaders today, I just have to tell you, I'm so glad that tomorrow all these political ads are going to be over. That I don't have to see Uh. all these people posting their stuff on my social medias. And for some reason, this year... Text messaging me like oh, Satan himself. Yeah, yes. how do they do that? What in the world? And Hulu, my Hulu ads are rife with political ads. Yeah, so yeah, uh, these advertisements are out of control, and tomorrow they get to all go away, and yes. we don't have to decide who is fit to be our leader because it will be decided <laughs> anymore. Mm-hmm. And and it got me thinking that today we're going to talk about leadership. Today we're going to talk about what it takes to be a great leader. And that's what these advertisements are all about. To, to not only tell you, I'm going to be a great leader. Look at my track record. Look what I'm going to stand for. I'm going to fight for you. But also, don't vote for that other person because they're a terrible leader. They would be an <laughs> awful person oh, to no. elect. Look at them. They bad p- person. punch babies and don't return their shopping carts. And, and they put poison in the water hole and they drink orange <laughs> juice right after brushing their teeth uh, terrible people what a sicko so i want to talk a little bit about what it takes what are the qualifications and what are the hallmarks of what make a great leader tonight now yesterday we were at the youth pastor summit we had an opportunity to talk as we usually do uh with some different youth pastors and ministry leaders that were out there and I did not want to miss the opportunity to chat with them. So while we were all standing outside waiting to get let into the Hard Rock Live, I went around and I interviewed a couple people, and I asked some youth leaders from the area what they thought the qualifications were to be a great leader. So let's check in with them right now. What's your name, man? Where are you from? Uh, my name is Jeff, and I've been living in Orlando for the last, like, seven years, but I'm from this place called Tarpon Springs, Florida. Tarpon Springs, Florida. Yeah. Fantastic. You work at a church, Jeff? Are you serving a church? Yeah, I work in middle school ministry. Where at? Uh, University of Carolina United Methodist Church. Fantastic. That's a lot of words. Ashley Don. Ashley, where are you from? Um, Fort Myers, Florida. Fort Myers. You, uh, you here representing a church today? First Assembly of God. Hey, okay. Cool. I'm Stephen Gilliland, and I'm uh, at a Grace Family Church, and I go to Southeastern University. Awesome. Sure. My name is Josh Sowers. I'm a discipleship pastor at Hope Church in Winter Garden, Florida. Oh, wonderful. We love yeah. Winter Garden. Dante Berry. Where are you from, man? Tampa. Tampa. You here representing the church today? Yes. Floodgates of Heaven. Awesome. That's yeah. a cool name for a church, yeah, it is. man. <laughs> yeah, Ben Trueblood represent Lifeway students. Absolutely. We love everything you guys do, man. Look forward Thanks. to seeing you guys every time we're here. Yeah. You can't lead you can't lead someone to a place you've never been. That's good. So like taking them to like the places, both like the mountaintops and the valleys that you've been. And then just like helping them process that, you know. So tell me about leadership. What do you think makes a good leader? Servanthood, being a servant. Can you unpack that? I sure can. Um, definitely stooping the lowest instead of reaching the highest. I think leadership, uh, in simple words, is being the best example you can be for others. As simple as, as sim- simple put. Yeah. Um, I think leadership um, means that you're able to follow principles and teach others the same thing. Um, even if you make a mistake, you're, you're able to own that mistake and teach people not to make that mistake. I think leadership is selfless. I think leadership um, requires um, sacrifice. I think my foundation actually comes, my moral and ethics come from the Bible. I think that that starts it out. Uh, what is Christ like and how is the best way I can carry that out onto other people? Because Christ was the greatest leader of all time. I, I think that's my foundation. I think as I become more of a leader, I'm learning it's more about other people and less about myself. Sure, absolutely. So a leader is someone who's not afraid to get in the trenches, to actually 
do the work and to be a part of the entire group. Also someone who stands out above the rest, meaning that they hold themselves accountable and have somebody who mentors them as well as them being a mentor to others. Someone who really cultivates and grows growth or encourages growth in relationship and in Christ with others. Yeah, so for me, leadership is influence. Simple, straight definition. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, so I, I think leadership, if you're nobody's following you, then you're not leading anyone. Uh, So that's where the influence piece comes in. And obviously, uh, there's a distinctly Christian aspect, in my opinion, uh, to leadership. We see an amazing example of leadership in Jesus. And so for me, leadership is influence, uh, but beginning with a servant-hearted, servant-minded approach that Jesus would have exampled. Yeah, I would just say, especially for teenagers, I think everyone is meant to lead in some way because everyone is meant to have influence. We go to Matthew chapter five and you see salt and light is what we're described to be. Both of those things influence the things that they are they touch and they're around. So I would say, regardless of personality type and number on the Enneagram and all that stuff, uh, everybody is meant to have some level of influence, which means that leadership is for everyone. All right, so got to hear from a lot of cool people there, and that was Ben Trueblood from Lifeway Students. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, one of the speakers uh, at the Youth Pastor Summit, and uh, he's always up on the stage and a great guy. So uh, we're really great to, great to hear from some folks, and I kind of had to cut down and, and get the highlights of what they were talking about. A lot of them shared a lot of different ideas and thoughts, but uh, just kind of taken from that, what do you take away as, like, here's the hallmark of what it makes, what makes a great leader? Like, this is sort of a snapshot of leadership in someone's life. You can lead someone, but to uh, effectively lead someone, showing them that you care kind of helps build that relationship and that leadership that you're putting into their lives. Okay, okay. He diminishes, a good leader diminishes themselves and makes the other people that they're leading and what they accomplish, like that's part of your goals. My goal as a leader is that I want to see you success. And when you're succeeding and you're thriving and you're growing, I feel joyful, I feel proud, I feel excited. Like a, your source of accomplishment isn't just I, I was able to do something. Everybody look at this thing I did. It's mm-hmm. you were able to do something and you were able to be successful. And I was able to help propel you to that. And that gives you pride and joy. Yeah, building someone up. And I think that they say like when a, a good leader, a good example of a good leader is when when, a, when a, the team wins, the team gets credit. But when there's a failure, the leader takes the uh, the responsibility for mm-hmm. it. You know? mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's really good. Steven? Uh, I think attitude has a lot to to do with it all right if you if you are a leader and you have a crappy attitude or you just have a poor attitude or a negative attitude that's going to trickle down to whoever you're leading in yeah. a, in a good or, or bad way it reminds me of the and i might be taking a little bit out of context but from the movie remember the titans i love that you when uh and they've they've said it a couple of times in the movie both in a negative positive way where, attitude reflects leadership yeah so it's like it, the first thing that comes to mind and that and servanthood there's a great quote by uh colin powell uh when he talks about it, he's like if you're a leader if you're out there and you're leading your soldiers you don't get to be scared you don't get to be cold you don't get to be tired uh, you can never show them that because you're leading them from that place of what mm-hmm. they can do as opposed to their place of deficiency or weakness uh, when I think of George Washington uh, you know on the horse there in Valley Forge you know and you're talking you know there there they are and you have the, the, the armies all around them and they're cold and they have no boots and they're all sick and it's whatever but it's we're gonna make one final push across the the Delaware or whatever and you know just are you picturing the American Adventure in your head? I am totally <laughs> picturing because <laughs> I American am too. Adventure. Uh, Neff, what do you got, man? Oh, so uh, 
one of the things that I find most um, uh, valuable in a leader is their ability to go after some like someone who maybe like, in their group of, of people that they would lead that they would go after a certain they would go after everyone in that group including the ones that aren't necessarily the strongest people in their group which reminded me of the parable of the lost sheep okay yeah yeah where the shepherd the, the good shepherd goes out for that one right even though he's looking over 99 others so a good leader doesn't minimize the importance of people that are following them Exactly. That's good. Really, really good. Um, so shifting away kind of from the biblical leadership thing, I, 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 and we'll go back into that a little bit. Um, at the Nerd of God cast, we are fans of all of the different movies and games and things like that. So let's talk about some of the fictional leaders that sort of inspire us, uh, the people that, that capture our imaginations. Um, I did talk to some of the youth leaders about that, the same ones that we just met. So let's see um, who they had to, uh, to suggest as some of their favorite fictional leaders. Now, they might have felt a little on the spot because not all of their answers were, in fact, fictional. <laughs> One guy did say T.D. Jakes was his favorite fictional leader. Uh, but, but he <laughs> caught, you say fictional? He <laughs> caught himself. One of your I favorite did. fictional leaders. I got to go with, and I don't know if, you know, I'm not saying that people will listen to this. I'm not endorsing watching Game of Thrones, but it may be my favorite show, like, of all time. Uh, but Jon Snow, man. Okay. There's right. this episode where he goes out in front of his whole, like, oh, yeah. army. It's kind of, like, That's a foolish true. decision, to be honest, but, like... He's like, I'm the first one in, and it's pretty epic. So. That's awesome. Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Okay. How's, she's amazing. How's Belle a leader? Um, she's a leader because all the girls in her town cared about Gaston, right? They wanted the hot guy. They wanted the big buff guy, but she didn't. She spent time with her father, which has always represented to me spending time with my heavenly father. And then she threw herself at the mercy of the beast to save her father. She was sacrificial and so that's a leader to me to sacrifice one's own desires to the help of somebody else ah, I want black panther black panther yes. great answer yeah I, I like i like how he's i like how he serves his country and he's low-key yeah he's not like prideful but he takes care of business yeah yeah great answer. black panther yeah you know mine's an actual real person but i think is the guy the mathematician off of jurassic park Okay, Ian Malcolm. Ian Malcolm. And the reason is is because in the first movie, he was all about himself. He was full of himself. He thought he knew it all. But as time went on throughout the series, he began to realize that life is sacred and it's important. And life finds a way. And life finds a way. Well, maybe Batman. Okay. You know, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. What would make Batman a good leader? Um, I think because he's really got that little sidekick, right? So he's got Robin. He's got the other superheroes that he supports. And he's really quiet and reserved and humble, even though he can be very arrogant at times, which yeah, we see that in some ministry leadership times, too. So I think he's got a good perspective. And he's, of course, got Albert there to take care of him. So you go straight to he's, he's leading up a, a young person, great, spoken like a true discipleship pastor. Oh, thank you. <laughs> William Wallace okay. from the movie Braveheart is, is a, a good example, person. maybe of even a reluctant leader at the beginning and was kind of pushed into this place where people wanted him to influence and wanted him to lead. And he reluctantly kind of stepped into that space. And, you know, he was the guy that, yeah, gave the great speech and cheered and, and got it, people rallied. But he was also in the trenches with everybody. And I think that's a... That's a key point of being a leader is you can't ask someone to do something you're not willing to do yourself. All right, so I think this question really messed a lot of people up. <laughs> Nobody mentioned Captain America. So tell me about Captain America. Why is Captain America a great leader, He's Jackie? He's selfless. He puts others before himself while still like 
taking the bull by the horns. Like, he still leads the group, but he's... Oh, we don't trade lives. Yeah. Like, ah! Okay, all right. Calm yourself. strongly. Neff, a great fictional leader. <laughs> well, this might be the obvious answer for me. Green Lantern. Yep. <laughs> it's either Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart because both of them have led the entire Green Lantern Corps, which are the protectors of the entire universe before, and they both show qualities of knowing how to, you know, put their their people that that they have under them, how to put them to good use to actually do good work, get the most out of them. Exactly, okay. and then they also put themselves at the front lines of everything that they do, and when they're going out into some kind of battle, whether it be against the Yellow Lanterns or whoever, you know, they're always at the front of the line, never hiding behind their their players. You know, they're they're always right there with them. And usually shining and trying to give it all they can, all they have. In Brightest Day? In Blackest Night. Wow. Steven? Uh, Jack Shepard. All right, Jack Shepard from Lost. Yes, he's not He's not the best, but he's definitely, I think he's one of the more... He's like, one of the more quotable leaders. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants me to be their leader until I make a decision they don't like. You know how many times I have said that under my breath? I didn't realize that was... Not a you thing. All this time, I thought that was something clever you said. Um, I've been hanging out with them for twelve years. Each time I, I find something, it disappoints me a little bit. Aww. Yeah. But Jack Shepard. What do you think, Lisa? Do you have a, a fictional leader that you like? Mr. Feeney. <gasps> okay. Way to go. All right. Why? Why, Mr. Feeney? Well, I was recently watching an episode of Boy Meets World, as one does. Yes. As one does. If you're me. Um and. I, in this episode that I just most recently watched, it was like everybody was mad at him because he posted the final exam schedule and it was a really bad final exam schedule and everybody was retaliating. And, and he was just trying to explain to them that <laughs> that he had it that way for a reason. It was intentional. And even though it seemed unfair and it seemed like he was trying to punish them, there was a purpose to it. He was trying to drive them to work harder and like basically reach the potential he knew they had. And that was kind of Mr. Feeney's thing. He was always like, quote, the like jerk principle, like, oh, Mr. Feeney. But at the end of it, he was always just trying to propel his students yeah. to be the best versions of themselves. And I think that's a good leader. It's like when mm -hmm. you do the thing, even if it makes you the unpopular guy, because everybody hated Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney was the dinosaur that nobody liked, but he was always looking out for the good of them. And in the end, and when the series ended, people realized that. And that's a good leader. I've never wanted a fictional character to be in my life more than Mr. Feeney. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Just want to tuck over the fence, Sam. Good answer. So, what about Aragorn? Oh, Aragorn's fantastic. <laughs> I'm like mad at myself right now for not thinking about Aragorn first. Well, what, what makes Aragorn a great fictional leader? Well, like I said earlier, with the with the Green Lantern example, he's at the front line of his attack. But at the same time, um, you know, he he knows um, the what, what is the battle when they're in the the, the side of the mountain and they Helm's have to protect deep. Helm's oh, Deep. My favorite. Yeah, and they have to have. He knows that they need help from you know. The people, so he, he he but he knows where everybody should go, and he helps the 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 king of the of the uh, area. He helps them figure out where everybody needs to go, what their roles need to be, and of course he gets help from you know the uh, the elves and and other people among amongst others. Well, also you got to remember, Aragorn is king. He's yeah. the king, and even though he's a reluctant king, he still like kind of humbles himself and takes. Us, like sometimes being a leader is knowing when to step back mm -hmm. and Aragorn during the entire trilogy 
sometimes took a step back and let Frodo do something, let Gandalf do something, let Gimli, like, he always was there, he was present, but sometimes he knew when his presence wasn't the thing that was needed. Mm. And it was, it's interesting to me there that you, you're talking about this, and I was, I'm contrasting this with a biblical leader. Uh, in Second Samuel chapter 11, um, when David is up on a rooftop and he sees him some Bathsheba and decides, oh, yeah. I want to go to there, there the, the, that chapter opens up with an interesting verse that says that the time had come when the kings would go off to war. It was the time for the battles, and everybody would go off to war. But David was not at war. David was up on the roof. Taking a bath with his duck. Bird watching, as, as it were. Bird watching. Uh, VeggieTales version notwithstanding. And, uh, yeah, so, so David should have been out there fighting with his men. But he was at home checking out his men's wives is what he was doing. And, and that's kind of a contrast with the kind of king that Aragorn was. Aragorn was the king. Mm -hmm. He was the king. There was not a question. He had legal right to the throne of Gondor. He was the king, and yet he lived as a ranger. He lived as uh, he, he traveled with the fellowship. He went out there where the fight was uh, to escort this hobbit to the fires of Mount Doom. Exactly. Um, and when, when any other king could have sat back like the, the steward of Gondor, um, you know, Aragorn was actually, there, actually out there muddying up his boots and rolling up his sleeves and and not done. burning his son alive. That's that's right. Um, Captain Kirk. Nicholas. I agree with that. That's <laughs> what makes Sorry, Kirk? What makes Kirk a great leader, Nick? Oh, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say Gauntlet Picard. Throne. You say okay. So tell me why Picard is a good leader. I'll tell you why Kirk's a good leader. Pike. <laughs> Picard is a very good diplomat. He is. He is. Picard uh, is is uh, he's very logical. There's a, a, a good a good contrast that somebody said that uh, the difference between Picard and Kirk was that Picard would say um, disarm your phasers or we'll shoot on the count of three. One, two, almost we're gonna fire. I mean it. And Kirk would be like disarm your phasers or I'm gonna shoot you. One, fire. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk, where Picard was always looking for the peaceful option, Kirk was trying to figure out a way to Kobayashi Maru you and, you know, in time to go make out with the green girl. Leslie Nope. Ah. Oh, yeah. Is Leslie Nope a great leader? I think so. Why? She never stops working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, she never stops. Enthusiasm and cons consistency, mm -hmm. enthusiasm. She uh, shows care for the people that she's leading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, contrast Leslie Nope. Dwight Schrute. Good leader? Uh, he grows into it. Event, event, <laughs> eventually. Which season do I choose? <laughs> Total commitment. Unbridled passion. Downsizing? Um, yeah. Um, Professor X? Too obvious? Wh which Professor X? Because, you know, the, the McAvoy one seems like he's problematic. <laughs> he's a little bit of a drug addict kind yeah. of vibe there. A little. With a foul mouth. Patrick Stewart, he's, he's right. really the leader, like... Of course it's Patrick Stewart, right? One of the things that I like about Professor X is, and I think this resonates with me as a youth pastor, is he sees these young people, even some troubled young people, he sees people with with abilities that make them different, and, and he gives them a safe place, a place to be themselves, and a place to be the best version of themselves. Um, he has this optimism and a selflessness to do what's right, even at his own detriment, because humanity is definitely against mutants, and he still fights to protect humanity. I mean, it's it's a very Christ-like sort of vibe that he puts off there. But. Even he even dies at one point to try trying to save humanity. Well, in in 
comic books, everybody dies, don't they? Oh, yeah. But, yes. uh, but yeah, I, I think Xavier's a really good a- example of that. And there's there's so many d- great fictional leaders. There's so many uh, amazing people that we can look to all across literature and, and video games and, uh, and and things like that. But uh, tonight I want to talk a little bit about leadership. And uh, we, we concluded um, this thing I've been mentioning to you guys for the past couple months uh, that I've been doing called Leader Labs. Yeah. And we had a guy, Dr. Fred Garman, who's been coming to conveniently our church and pastors and ministry leaders from across the state have been coming here uh, for these cohorts these little group gatherings that we've had together Um, it's been eight days over the course of four months uh, full day intensive uh, leadership and discipleship training it's been really really fantastic and uh, we had a a chance to to talk with Dr. Garman today and to to ask him a little bit about leadership in this context and what he thinks uh, makes a great leader now um, if you guys will Let's uh, let's just let's just hear from Dr. Garman right now. So, just to kind of uh, put a, a fine point on it, what is a characteristic that you think all leaders should possess? Well, let's just go back to the research, and that that's part of what I try to do in, in my teaching and training is try to attach whatever training, whatever teaching, uh, to a truth. Something, however, that's not just anecdotal. Mm-hmm. You know, as Christians, a lot of times, not just as ministers, but even as Christians, we we think of it as just being good preaching material. <laughs> uh, but is it truthful? Mm-hmm. You know, is it valid and reliable information? We need to be, especially as Christians today, we need to be good consumers of information. And so, um, the research of Kuzas and Posner, for instance, in their uh, New York Times bestsellers, The Leadership Challenge, and then their next book that, that came from that, Credibility. See, there you go with the books. There you go, there you go, you know, base it on something. Uh, that Their research found, when asking thousands and thousands of people this question, what characteristics would would you need to, to follow someone? Okay. Someone in whom you would willingly follow. Right. And out of the hundreds of characteristics, you can imagine, oh, of, sure. of the different things that would come to the top, four kept rising to the top. And, and over 35 years, the same four characteristics have been rising to the top. And, and here they are. And, and we'll end with the most important. We're number on the, one. We are on the edge the, of our seat. <laughs> yeah. Number one is competent. Okay. And you know, a lot of this makes good common sense, sure. doesn't it? But competence. Can you do it? Yeah, can you do it? We want a leader that knows what they're doing. It's very frustrating to work with or for someone who just doesn't know what they're doing. Typically, they won't admit it. Can I get that an makes amen? It even more frustrating. Amen. And this may seem like a foolish question, but is there a, a, a large number of leaders that are incompetent? Well, I'm not saying you have to name names. I have so. two favorite words for you, Tony, and you've been my grasshopper for eight days now. It depends. It depends. So you're 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 learning. There are there there are those that are out there that are incompetent, uh, but then there are also those who who are doing the best they can with what they've got, sure. and that's that's where training comes in. So uh, competence is number one that followers are looking for in leaders. Number two, they're looking for inspiration. They're looking for someone that they that can inspire them, right. uh, not manipulate them, not command and control them, but who can inspire me? Uh, number three, well, a characteristic that they're looking for in their leaders uh, is: uh, Are they forward-looking? Mm-hmm. Are they forward-looking? In other words, can they cast a vision that would cause me to want to get on board and go with them on the long march? Gotcha. Great leaders can do that. Okay. But the number one reason, 88% of the time that people said, this is a characteristic I need if I'm going to follow someone, was honest. 
Uh, I was going to see if you guys can guess what it was. Honesty. Honesty. Yeah, you guys are really good. Honesty. Wow. Honesty, which is the basis of trust, well, which goes, is the basis of credibility. There, there goes every politician. <laughs> well, you can see why in Leader Labs we say there is a crisis of leadership today. Yeah, definitely. And it's a crisis of character and competence mm -hmm. and credibility. For sure. We can't trust anyone. But if we're going to be the kind of leaders that we're capable of being, being the best version of ourselves, we need to be competent, we need to be inspiring, we need to be forward-looking, and we definitely need to be honest. So that's just a small snippet I of like that's awesome. my conversation with Dr. Garman today. We uh, just took him aside for a few minutes, turned into a nice 17-minute conversation, got some great content and information on there. We're actually going to release that separate from this episode as a full conversation, a full interview, so you guys can check that out and download that nice. and also awesome. get, all the conversa get all the information on how you can connect with Leader Labs and Dr. Garman. But um, I, I asked him the follow-up question about who his favorite fictional characters were. Do you guys, you guys have a second to indulge that? Please. Can we guess? No. I don't think we'd <laughs> be able to guess. Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> he, he did. He was a big fan the of Huckleberry Finn. When we, when we first started the Leader Labs, on the very first day, you used three illustrations which caught my attention. You used one uh, from Superman, talking yeah. about being a, a super leader. Uh -huh. uh, you used one from Lord of the Rings. Yes. And then one from The Matrix. Yes. And I thought, okay, Dr. Garman is, is down with the language that I speak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's speaking my love language. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about fictional leaders. Some of the yeah. people from the, the stories that kind of capture our imaginations, the yeah. mythology that we enjoy. Um, are there any fictional leaders that you think, I could follow that guy, or that, that's a really exemplary picture of what real leadership should look like in real life? Yeah, well, I, oh, I think it depends, but and I think really it's an eclectic drawing together from, from a lot of them. Okay. Uh, you know, each one of those things that, that you just mentioned, stories, I have found in fact, I teach from them. You've seen that, mm -hmm. the, the video vignettes and the clips. Yeah. Because as, and I'm a science fiction freak. Okay. You know, I just, <laughs> I just love this stuff. But, but typically science fiction comes out of life. Sure. And, and it's someone else's way of communicating our existence or what has been, what is, or what's possible. Right. And uh, I, I, find, I find just a lot of truths in that that help me to understand reality. Uh, it's Frodo standing at the edge of the Shire with Sam yeah. saying, come on, let's go on our great adventure. And Sam saying, but if I take another step, I'll, I've gone further than I've ever gone before. Right. Is that not a great leadership lesson? Wonderful. Of one that all of us need to do. We all need to leave the land of familiar right. to become the person that we know we're capable of. But leaving that comfort zone is so it's so it's so filled with fear and sure. trepidation. So we need a Sam that says, or, or a Froto that says, Sam, come on, right? Take that step, and he reaches out his hand and helps you, and you and you go forward. You know, I, I guess Captain America. You know, if I had to, <laughs> and you laughing because you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe Captain America is is maybe my the guy. But then this is really going to get you because I've said this before, and people have been. I've had that question before, and and, and I guess my my favorite superhero. And those in the audience are probably just going to fall on the floor. <laughs> but I love the Hulk. Okay. You know, the Hulk is is my man. All right. You know, when it's all said and done, you know, it's kind of a Hulk in all of us. Sure. Uh, and we have to learn to channel the Hulk appropriately. And that and that's where I think learning leadership and self-management 
uh, really comes, and I and and I have a lot of hope for the Hulk. You know, <laughs> that 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 Banner's actually going to get a hold of him in the next episode. There we go. And we're we're actually going to see the Hulk tamed to a degree, Wonderful. where he can channel all that stuff. All right, you made your prediction uh, right yeah, here for Avengers. Yeah, e- either way, I love it when he grabs people by the heels and flaps them around on the <laughs> ground. Those evil people, you know. So the Hulk and Captain America. How's that? That's perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you got a crazy schedule, so you visiting with us for a few minutes really means a lot. How can people uh, get a hold of you or follow you online to kind of see what Leader Labs is up to and, and where you're headed? Yeah, well, I'm on Facebook, of course, uh, Fred Garman, G-A-R-M-O-N, uh, and uh, Instagram. We're always doing some stuff there. But uh, on, on, the, on, the inter- on the Internet uh, at leaderlabs.com. Leaderlabs.com, and that was Dr. Fred Garman. We were really glad to have him uh, to share and take a few minutes to, to talk with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had you guys take uh, a little bit of a test before the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so pull those out. We're going to determine what kind of leader you guys would be. Uh, so as you guys have your, your scores uh, there and ready to go, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of illustration. But there's different kinds of leaders. There's different types of leadership styles. Anybody who's ever uh, maybe served in a ministry, worked at a job, uh, had a, you know, a, a teacher, a group leader, a team captain, somebody who was there speaking into their lives and kind of calling the shots, you know that there's different types of leaders. And we want to establish what type of leader you would be, at least according to this test. And we will uh, share this test, of course, on our website at nerdofgodcast.com, so everybody listening at home can take it to and find out who you would be. But uh, as we establish these questions, uh, everybody had to answer the questions with a uh, 1 to 10, 1 being not at all, 10 being uh, all the time. Uh, and the questions were things such as, I don't need to be in charge of a group, but I enjoy making detailed plans that everyone will carry out. Uh, I'm the logical ones. I enjoy working through puzzles and equations. I'm the peacekeeper who listens to everyone and lends a, a, finds a reasonable compromise. I like to tackle task problems and projects with a well-thought-out plan. I'm friends with just about everyone I meet. I'm drawn to hands-on tasks. I like to think of new solutions to old problems. I'm the artistic one, and people see me as creative. So a lot of different questions that kind of find out where we're coming from. Uh, and that brings us to four different categories of answers. So, so tell me real quick then, what categories, uh, what of the leadership styles, they're broken down into colors, and I'll explain what the colors are. So, uh, Neff, what, what color did you land on, lad? Uh, green. You got a, a solid green. What was your What was your green score? 53. Was that a pretty high compared to the rest of your scores? Um, besides red, yeah. Red was a 49. Okay, so, so but, but definitely a, the, the highest one. Mm-hmm. Least Mighty, what color did you end up on? Red. Red, all right. Uh, pretty high red? 51. All right. Jackie? Uh, green. You got a green also. Mm-hmm. All right. And Steven, you said you got a tie. I did. I had two ties. Oh, you, well, what was your highest scoring okay. tie? Uh, red and green. All right. I don't care about your other scoring. Those are your low answers. But uh, so, so you got red and green. Yes. Both at 49. That's a little early for Christmas, don't you think? All right. Mm-hmm. Red and green. Uh, I actually got blue. I got super strong on my blue. So uh, let's talk about this then. So I'll, I'll give you blue real quick because that's mine. And then we'll get out of the way and we'll, and we'll talk about yours. Blue leaders dream and inspire. They are the idea makers. They approach problems in new ways and tackle tasks differently than others. Blues are always thinking, brainstorming, suggesting, and looking ahead at where the team can go. They're often seen as big picture thinkers. So I will take that. Um, We didn't have any yellow here, did we? Mm -mm. Uh, Yellow leaders propel the team with action. They lead by example. They motivate people and maintain the team's momentum as they move towards the goal. So uh, no action people around the table. That's disappointing. 
Uh, so let's talk green then. Who got green? Me and Jackie. Me. You got half a green. Half a green. And then Jackie and, and Neff got a green. Green bring everyone together. They resolve conflicts among team members and ensure that all team members are feeling good. Greens are great at building relationships within groups and creating a positive environment for groups. They're often seen as people people. You think that's fair, Jackie? Are you a people people? Sometimes. <laughs> Neff, you're a people person. Sure. All right. And uh, so, Stephen, you're half a people person. Sure. So you're just a people. Hmm. Red was only one <laughs> off for me, so I'm curious to see what red is. All right, so let's talk yeah. a little bit of red. This would be the other strongest. half of Stephen and Lee Smiley. Red leaders use their logic-based skills to make sure that groups are being realistic and achievement-focused. They analyze the team's goals and actions and decide the best possible way to achieve the goals, given specific conditions and circumstances. Reds do a lot of calculating, analyzing, systematizing, organizing, and budgeting. They're great at providing solutions that make the most logical sense. Lee Smutty, you've had a lot of group projects <laughs> at school lately. <laughs> Do you find yourself kind of sliding into a little bit of a leadership role in those groups? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And I guess it's interesting that you bring it up after that because you were reading the green and I always liked to tell myself that I was the person in the group that like, I don't know, connects people and gets everybody in a very passive, like amicable sort of, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. But this semester more than ever, I've realized that I'm really just the person that just wants to get the thing done and <laughs> wants to get the thing done correctly and like logically, which I guess kind of fits into what you were saying. So I definitely have found myself having to be the person that goes okay guys that's really nice but it makes zero sense let's actually figure out a way we can do this like <laughs> that will actually happen so we nailed actually, it then yeah with the red. and and I, i've seen that like you you've said okay we're doing this project and nobody else knows what they're doing and they're asking a lot of questions so you kind of pull into mama bear mode mm -hmm. and you're like all right let me tell everybody exactly what it is that they're supposed to do and draw a little diagram for them so yeah. they all stay in their lanes uh, Steven, given the choice between the red and the green which one do you feel like is more you I don't know. <laughs> That's like why I, it's time. I feel like I'm a little bit both. Okay. Which one do you think? Which one you, do you guys think? You is, Steven a, is Steven a people person or is he a let's do something that makes logical sense person? Red. Logical sense. Logical sense. I actually, I really do think you are like a good balance of both. Like That's I feel I'm, like you really are. You're not 100% logical. I think you're very sensitive. Like I think you care about you know Too how much. you how people feel and how you feel and how people feel about you feel and you feel about people feel like you care all about feeling but you also do want to get the thing done so i think that was like that made sense for okay. you. I, you there was a lot of feelings in that. <laughs> <laughs> like you feel they feel and feel Feelings. steven's got a lot of feelings i feel all the feels but it made sense you heard what i said i got you I i'm with you, you man. in a logical and systematic way <laughs> everybody leads from a different style and there's different kinds of leaders even when we look at the bible there's different leaders people that lead different ways uh you know jesus is this charismatic leader who calls people out and who sees uh the brokenness in people but uses it to to draw them into something that's greater than themselves um when you're talking about an organizational planning leader i always think about nehemiah nehemiah is you know he's the cupbearer and babylon he hears the walls are down around Jerusalem. Nehemiah is one of my favorite books of the Bible. And if you have not read Nehemiah, read Nehemiah. This cat is amazing at what he does. He comes back and he organizes this entire plan to rebuild the walls of his city, the city that he loves, against opposition. Uh, he comes up with strategy. He manages resources. He leverages his uh, relationships to get certain things to go his way. And uh, it's really fantastic to see him kind of not only make a plan, but bring people together to work that plan. Um, 
Joseph. Yes. How? What kind of leadership did Joseph demonstrate? Servant leadership. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> he will, uh, against his will, perhaps, because <laughs> he was a slave. But he was also like... Uh, like what Fred Garman was saying, he was also honest. Right. Like he, mm-hmm. he, he, even though he was put in jail, he still did the thing that he was asked to do. He, sure. He fit. I, I think he fit all of them. I mean, he was confident in his answer because he mm-hmm. knew, he knew what the right answer, and he was honest about it. He was confident in the, in the answer that God gave him about the about the dreams. Um, he was honest about what he. I mean, the, having those four qualities helped him, you know, escape from where he was as a servant. And became and w- showed the properties of a leader and became a leader. He was uh, he showed uh, he told the um, the pharaoh or was it was it the pharaoh or was it? What did he tell him? He told him you know there's going to be a famine. Yeah, pharaoh. But but um, but we can we can plan for it. You're going to have this much. He inspired him. He's like, hey, you know if we can, we can get this done, we'll be good to go for that. That was it. Seven years. Yeah, and there, that was a great strategy. I mean, mm-hmm. that was quick thinking. First like, off, like, oh no, you're gonna be fam. But hold on, yeah. but, but, but you got you those seven years and of good stuff. Way, it's a little good news, bad news thing. Right you're here. gonna need a guy that's smart enough. And that's that for that has the, that has the competence, like Dr. Garman mm-hmm. said. Uh, we need someone who's competent because that was the first thing that Pharaoh said. Well, who can we get that can manage this kind of stuff? And Joseph's like, well. I can do it. Me. You know, so uh, that that's cool. Good good answer. And he was a dreamer. Um, Moses, what kind of leaders, Moses. One he, he, a little reluctant. Yeah. Okay, perhaps <laughs> that's true. Um, when he when he found out his calling, he definitely um, was very active about it. He mm-hmm. immediately went towards his calling. Um, from um, you know from the burning bush, he immediately went, even though he knew he wasn't totally. You know, he didn't think he was qualified for it. He still went for it because, you know, he, he knew what he was supposed to do. Think about his interpersonal relationships. Where do you think he fits in on this green, red, blue, yellow kind of scale? What was yellow again? Yellow was, uh, was propelling people with action, maintaining the team's momentum as they move towards the goal. Well, that was the one I think of because I, even in the wilderness, you know, he ended up. Kept driving them forward. Yeah, he's like, hey, I know it sucks, and they all want to go back to Egypt, but hey, um, I don't know if you remember this, but it sucked in Egypt, and God promised us this, so let's keep it going. What do you think, Jerry? I think he was a people person. He was the mediator between God and the people of Israel for a good chunk of time. Yeah. Um, and I, that's to... probably where I would have flipped my coin, and I would have probably, because uh, it would have been tight between the two of those. Mm-hmm. I probably would have said, because he kept people together. Mm-hmm. He kept people focused on, mm-hmm. on the thing. Um, you know, when when we people were, were struggling, he was the one motivated. When God was like, let's just wipe them all out. He's like, wait, like, no. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe Remember your second. promise. Remember we shouldn't. I'm defending the people here. Um, so, and then, and we see not only that, but we see a great... Um, Heir in him, a, a great successor in him, in oh, Joshua. Joshua. Joshua is my favorite leader of the Bible. Really? Why? Because he was he was under leadership, and even though even though he had to follow Moses, and uh, I can't remember which speaker at the conference said yesterday, but he said uh, when Joshua was. Uh, had to lead the people. Not only did he have to follow Moses, who was like the greatest leader they had known, but he also had to go into a land that he knew was full of giants and full of obstacles, but he still did it. So Joshua not only had to follow Moses, but he also held up Moses's hands when Moses uh, had to, he had to hold his staff. Was that not Moses? What was that? Was that Aaron and Joseph? Aaron and her. 
Her? Her? No. Yes. I thought it was Joshua. It was her. Her? Her? <laughs> could have sworn it was Joshua. I think you're Who? wrong. I think I, I know. I I could have sworn it was Joshua. Look it up. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. I'm not saying that that I'm wrong. Her? Well, I could have sworn it was Joshua. I like, I like it. When One of the cool things about Joshua, that I, I to your point, that I really like is that Joshua was a guy who led by example. Mm-hmm. Um, he not only, and, and I, I love this, there's there's tar- parts when Moses would be, he would go to the tent of meeting and, you know, he would do his interaction with God and then he would go back and it said that Joshua would linger in the in the, the doorway of the tent. Like Joshua would just stay there in the presence of God. Joshua was one of the only few people that got to go with Moses uh, up the mountain, you know, and, and at the end, uh, when they're getting ready to cross, they're going into the promised land. They're doing the whole thing. Oh, you're smug now? It was Aaron and her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my entire life, Christian life is a lie. I thought it was That's Joshua. Right. Yeah. Stephen is shook. <laughs> you, you have to. Uh, it's okay, man. Uh, but there, as they're, Joshua is probably down on the ground actually leading the people. Probably. Um, this is the same reason, Stephen, that I put you in the sound booth. In my wedding, when Stephen wanted to be one of my groomsmen, I said, "I didn't want to be." Your I said, "You are mad that you are far more valuable valuable to me doing the thing that I'm not able to do right now, doing the thing that I wish I could be doing because that's my normally my position up there in the sound booth, uh, and and I will trust that it will be done right if you are up there rather than you just filling out a rented tux on the stage next to me doing nothing. Uh, so so to me, that's when Moses sends Joshua, and I'm imagining this that Joshua is down actually." leading the people uh, through the sea because Moses is up there, you know, having to hold the thing up. So everybody has a different role. But I love when Joshua is there and people are uh, in this valley of decision on where they're going to pledge their allegiance. And Joshua basically sets the example and the standard when he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think that's a powerful example. Uh, I also to keep talking about Joshua, not to talk too much about Joshua, but when Joshua and, and when how many uh, spies did they send out into the promised land? It was like nine or something like that. They sure. sent a bunch. Yeah. But Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that came back and said, yeah, we can do it. Everyone else was reporting. They're like, there's giants. Oh. There's giants over so, there. They're so big and, and then, strapping. And then Joshua and Caleb like, yeah, there's giants, but we can, t- like, we they, can take them. I we got love this. Joshua and Caleb. Like those two guys, when I think of when I think of Joshua and Caleb, like I love obviously we're talking about Joshua, but Caleb, like those two together. I feel like they come were, back and they've got like an Irish accent, like yeah, we can. They're over there, but we can take them. <laughs> I, I say we go over there and we'll whoop them up say, upside down and one the other. I don't know. They got grapes the size <laughs> of your head. <laughs> one of these, they're all of a sudden they're the Boondock Saints. I don't know. <laughs> no, but, but, but they, no. they were. I mean, they were fiercely loyal. I never um, saw that movie. <laughs> the most like, really bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Willem Dafoe is Moses. <laughs> oh, no! I'll squish you like a bug, Pharaoh. It was a burning fire fight. No. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, so Neff. You were probably saying right something now. deeply spiritual. Just yeah, was, Joshua and Caleb. I was going to say, Joshua and Caleb were the two guys out of like all the Israelites who were like, they saw Moses' vision of where they were going to go, where they were yeah. headed. Yeah. And they kept that going. That was... Like I said, forward thinking. They were definitely thinking about, they had their eyes on the prize. And those two, they knew, um, you know, where to go, where to put their trust in. And I think the the fact that they knew where to go 
and were 100% certain on where to go really sets them apart from the rest of the Israelites. Yeah, and everybody else, it seems like, makes excuses. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a position where a new opportunity is coming and the team is, is facing it and they're saying, okay, here's what we can do and here's the plan and here's the opportunity. And you have so many voices that will jump in and they'll be like, we can't do that or we've never done it this way or here's why that won't work instead of, well, hey, you know, with God, all things are possible. One of my favorite messages that, that our pastor has ever uh, preached before was called It May Be. And it's the story of uh, Jonathan. And he's he's going over the hill and they're going to go down to the enemy's camp. And it's just him and his armor bearer. And it's like, uh, well, what do you think? Can we take him? And the, the answer the armor bearer is like, hey, it may be that the Lord will give us some favor today. And it's just like. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's like it's all you, I need. sometimes all you need is, is a maybe instead of a maybe not, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes all you need is just like, let's see. Why not? You know, why not? So um, I love that. And that's and that's that's Joshua and Caleb to me. There, there's some why not boys. They're so cool. Uh, moving to the New Testament. Peter. Peter. The rock. What what's what sets Peter apart as a, as a great leader? He's definitely passionate. Yeah. I'm going to cut your ear off. I'm going to. Yeah. But Peter was the, like, the lead, the, after Jesus ascended, he was the first leader of the church. Yeah. So yeah. He, he was the he's rock they will build the foundation of the church upon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, without Peter, like, he was the one who started, like, the whole idea of, like, let's move this forward. Let's expand. Let's, let's get this going. Because without leaders like Peter... I mean, it would have the whole teachings of Jesus would have been stagnant or just died with the apostles. You have to build up, and I think that was what Peter was going off of was he knew that Jesus had charged him with some, with the task of building up and growing and spreading the word, and for him, a brand new, brand new religion, brand new system and way of thinking, uh, of having to go out and build up this church on this brand new foundation, but knowing that it's the truth. You know, and knowing that you're the minority in this is a big step forward that you have to have full confidence in. Yeah. Remember this, even before Peter went through his moment where he denied Jesus and uh, had to be restored, even before the filling of the Holy Spirit, where Peter was uh, embiggened by the, uh, you know, by the power of God. Peter was the guy that got out of the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Peter was the dude that ran to the empty tomb. I mean, he was the guy that went for it. And uh, Peter was the one who had the awareness to say, you know, where else are we going to go? When everybody else left, Peter was like, where are we going to go? This is this is the best deal we're going to get. You have the words of life. Uh, Peter, Peter was, was awesome. the one that said, you are Christ, yeah. the son of God. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, well, I don't know what other people say about you, but this is this is the way I see it. Uh, so Peter was a guy of vision and Peter was a guy of boldness and Peter was a guy of faith. And uh, and that that's that's says a lot. Um, that God would still use him, that Christ would still use him even in, in spite of his failure. I mean, remember, Peter did the same thing on the same day that Judas did, basically. Uh, and he didn't even get paid for it. Peter did it for free. Um, and still, God restored him and God used him in, in a great way. Um, and, and then just kind of flipping it over, sort of the counterpart to Peter is Paul. Uh, one of the greatest legacies that Paul has is that A, Paul's prolific. B, Paul brought life and ministry everywhere he went. I mean, he was always, if he wasn't starting churches, if he wasn't, you know, raising up a ruckus, he was equipping and, and, and empowering other leaders to do so. He was partnering with people to go and, and bring ministry. And then he was sowing into people. 
Um, one of my favorite fan fiction moments of the Bible, this is my personal fan fiction of the Bible, is they always say, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. You know, there's the author of Hebrews is uncertain. It could have been Paul, but we don't really know for sure. One of my favorite little fan fiction moments is that Timothy wrote Hebrews. And that the, the reason that we, it seems like it could be Paul, but it's not quite Paul, was that Timothy would have been the guy who learned enough from Paul to, like, to write yeah. in his voice. Timothy's first uh, language is Paul. Yeah, thanks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, when you see, that legacy, when you see all that stuff happening, you know, you read First Timothy, Second Timothy. That's great, perfect training for leaders. One uh, of the in there. One of the things I really like about Paul is Paul didn't let who he was stop him from being who he was supposed to be. All, all uh, to the contrary, I think who he was actually propelled him forward in who he was. I mean, nobody in what he was supposed to be. It, it, like, nobody understood the power of God's grace. And the opportunity for a second chance more than Paul did. I mean, he didn't he didn't let that stop him. Yeah. Like he didn't let the fact that he was a persecutor of Christians be a reason that he shouldn't go out and find Christians. Yeah. What a testimony, right? So we we see these great examples of the Bible and we've heard these these illustrations about what it takes to be a great leader. Uh I'm challenging you guys uh, around this table. I'm challenging everyone in the Nerd of God squad listening at home uh, to to find opportunities to be a leader because leadership is for everyone. Le- and, and it doesn't mean that you're going to get up and be the pastor of a mega church or the CEO of a large corporation. But somebody is in your life that you can be a leader to. Someone is in your life that you can have influence uh, and make an impact in their lives. Lead. Lead by serving. Lead by speaking life. Lead by living truth. Lead by being honest and living a life of integrity. Uh, you know, be faithful. Um, be brave. Uh, find a, a way to bring excellence to what you do. Find a way to bring endurance to the to where you serve and, and where you are. Um, and, and you'll find that God is going to bless that and God is going to give you influence. There's so many different things that make a great leader, but that leadership could be in you. And a lot of times we're intimidated by the idea of being a leader because we, when, when you're a leader, there's higher stakes because if you fail, people can see and, that, and nobody wants to be there. Uh, if you're a leader, um, people look to you and there's higher levels of responsibility and that's stressful. A lot of people don't want that. Um, but whether you're a farmer over a massive multi-acre farm or whether you're just cultivating a small little tomato garden in your window box, you know, just grow something, do something, be faithful with what God has given you. If you're uh, a parent, you know, lead your child. If you're a, a, a husband or a wife, you know, be a leader in your home. If you're uh, a part of your youth group, you know, lead in your school, lead in your church, find an opportunity to make an impact and to, to, to make a path for somebody else. Even if that leadership just shows up in someone watching you do what you do and imitating you from afar, be a leader. One last thing I'm going to leave you guys with tonight before we wrap up for this evening. I just want to encourage you guys uh, from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Um, Part of being a good leader starts with being a good follower. So wherever you are in life, if there's someone that's above you, if it's a boss, if it's a pastor, uh, if it's a coach, if it's a teacher... Um, be a good follower, be faithful with the opportunities that you've been given and God will bless that and God will plant something in your heart that is going to grow into something that he'll be able to use to impact those who come behind you. Uh, it may not be today and it may not be tomorrow, but it is a promise of God that, that he'll bless uh, the works of our hands and the things that we do. So uh, leadership, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yes. 
Any final thoughts? I have one. There was uh, something that was said uh, again yesterday. Uh, there was like a top 10 list of like, you know, qualities to be a great leader or ways to be a great leader. And one of the things I was said that stuck with me the most was to be curious. Uh, so my notes here from that is, is be, cu- be curious, ask great questions, be the most interested, not the most interesting. Everywhere you go as a classroom, be the hungry second and not the arrogant first. Uh, and the guy who was speaking uh, said that uh, he used to work for John Maxwell, who wrote all of the books about leadership. Yeah. And uh, he said he would see him. Uh, he would speak. go to conferences. Yeah, he'd go to conferences. And he'd see speak. John, he would speak, and then he would go and he would sit in the front row and watch people teach his teachings. Basically, he would he would pull out the notepad and, and take, notes take notes while other people were teaching the stuff that he already taught. Yeah. It was like it was like he was basically like, stuff that they learned from him. But he was still willing to learn from other people, even if it was stuff that he, people taking his ideas. He was still learning from wherever he could, uh, and just always be willing to to learn. Always be willing to take in new information. You're never. You're never going to. Pe- you should never peak in intelligence or peak in wisdom. You should always be striving for more. Very good. Mm-hmm. Last uh, last call. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this brings us to the final moments of our show tonight, and we are going to wrap this thing up. Um, thank you to all the leaders out there who serve in the kingdom of God. Thank you for the leaders who serve in your community. Thank you. Are, are there any leaders in your life that you'd like to give a quick thank you to? Tony Talavera, Pastor Tony Talavera. Uh, the right Reverend Tony Talavera at uh, Sanctuary Tony. Church, Orlando. Reverend Tony Talavera from New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> okay, that was sweet and everything, but for real. The right Reverend Tony Talavera. <laughs> I have to cut all this because it's going to sound like I'm arrogant or like conceited. Or no, something. but it's us. It's very it. sweet. Thank you, guys. You're all very, very kind. Uh, no great leaders in your life. Really, all you have is me. Uh, well, so sad. I've, I've you had, do one. No, uh, but I've had three. I've had three sets of pastors that have that have, you know, been there while I've been working in kids church, and each one of them has taught me a different, you know, aspect of being a good leader um, when when dealing in that ministry. Okay. So you know, shout out to them. Shout out. I definitely had some youth leaders when I was a student that. Uh, without them uh, being interested in me and and the way my life was going, but also sharing kind of the struggles that they went through, um, them leading by example and investing in me uh, really helped shape my walk with Christ. My horn instructor, um, which sounds super nerdy, but he's also a Christian and has been able to like pour into me like with a Christian aspect to our lessons and stuff and helping me grow as a player and a person, which is kind of cool. Uh, my dad is a really big influence in my life. I would say he's definitely been a really big leader to me. So, Daddy, love you, honey. <laughs> in Espanol, por favor. No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of our journey tonight. We just want to say thanks so much to everyone. Again, connect with us. Let us know who the great leaders are in your life. Give them a shout-out and uh, tag us in it across the social medias at Nerd of Godcast. And uh, don't forget, take this What Kind of Leader You Would Be test on our website at nerdofgodcast.com and join the conversation. Until next time, for the Nerd of Godcast, I'm Tony T. For Steve-O Supremo. Bye. The lovely lady this money. Make good choices. The big man, Quentin Gregory Neff. I hope it made a good choice. Jackie freaking Wilson. Bye. And over in the booth, Nick Sadler. Till next time, we ain't got to go home. But we can't stay here.
Now, will you eat the cookie in the microphone? It can be a little <laughs> ASMR cookie eating for us. And now, Miss Money eats a cookie. That's a crunchy cookie. <laughs> Don't talk over top of the sound effects, Stephen. You are the worst. <laughs>